Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, co-pilot, uh, Leanne Whippet, high atop the radio world here in our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in the Portland division and the Tampa division. And we'd like to welcome all of our affiliates on the Barbecue uh, Nation radio network, along with the USA radio network. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, beef the way nature intended. That's PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Well, my guess is you've seen them on TV, uh, one form or fashion or another, but now they have a new book out. And I, my camera never picks this up very well, if you can see it, because it always kind of fades. There you go. It's These are the Grilling Dads. And I love the title. The best grilling cookbook ever written by two idiots, uh, Ryan Fay and Mark Anderson. Hey, guys, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. Happy to be here. We so, are the idiots, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to let you. I was going to let you bring that up, and then we'll go. We'll run with it from there. <laughs> but uh, how did you two? You guys come from kind of the advertising world background, agency background, and that. How did you two connect? And then, what on God's earth prompted you to get cooking together? Whew. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> uh well we, we've known each other since college um we had some mutual friends and then uh i got into tour managing and audio engineering the music business Faye went to new york city to be a writer and ended up in advertising um and every time uh i was in new york city with a band we would go stay with him um or if i just came in town for a meeting or rehearsals or anything and the way that i would sort of pay him rent would be to uh, cook food while they, while he was at work and his roommates were at work, started doing it together. Long story short, Faye ended up in LA. I ended up in LA. Um, he went out there for work. I went out there to get rid of a, uh, my first wife. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and uh, we, on, we just started cooking all the time and, and, Faye, Faye was in a, you know, 1910, 1911 Spanish house in LA. And it was like 1100 square feet. And we're having, you know, anywhere from 15 to like 60 people coming over to eat. So we always loved grilling, but it became the focus because his kitchen was really small. Um, and then, you know, once we found ourselves cooking an entire Thanksgiving dinner for over 50 people all on grills, um, we were like, this is kind of fun. Um, so while we were in advertising, the advertising job was getting boring um, as we got more senior and did less creative stuff. And we created this uh, thing for ourselves. We looked at buying a restaurant. Um, my dad, who was a commercial banker, said, um, I'll disown you. And I think the quote he told us is lucky restaurateurs are the ones that fail quickly. 
Um, and uh, so we decided not to do that. So we we were like, hey, let's do a website called The Grill Dads. We'll do some recipes. Uh, we'll do some great content. And then we will start to maybe get some ad revenue. Um, before we even got that launched, we came up with a show concept, put it on Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding thing, which we really only wanted to validate it. We didn't really want to take our friends and family money. We just wanted to be able to go to like California State Visitors Bureau or Vox or Vice or somebody and say, hey, look, people are really excited about seeing this content. We should do it with you. Um, and we ended up connecting with Mark Summers, who not only was he famous for Double Dare, but he also uh, had a very illustrious career with the Food Network. He was one of the creators and producers of Restaurant Impossible. Uh, he obviously did Unwrapped. Um, he was the host of the next Food Network star, I think, first four or five seasons. So I sent him an email, just said, hey, I'm the better looking half of the Grill Dads. Here's the link. To Which the is trailer. not true. <laughs> well, there's video. I know we space, both have so. faces for radio, but you can get yeah. away with that. But today there's video. So everyone knows I am telling the truth. Um, <laughs> so I said this thing to Mark Summers. I walked into a meeting in Portland um, and a Burbank phone number rang on my phone like 10 minutes later. And I'm like, there's no way, but I'm going to answer it anyway. So I just left the meeting and uh, answered the phone. It was Mark Summers. He's like, you know, he's like, Hey, this is Mark Summer. I knew his voice immediately. Obviously I grew up on double dare. And, uh, he's like, who the hell are you guys? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, are you cooks? Are you, are you chefs or what, you know, are you TV? What the hell are you? And I said, no, we're advertising guys who love to cook. He goes, this is the best freaking thing I've ever seen in my whole life. That was just cold sent to me. Um, so he got Guy Fieri involved, um, and they were going to co EP, a pilot for us. And then guy got his reality show called guys, big project. Great. Right. And he said he wanted to launch us through that instead, which we said no for a few months. And then we got tricked into it. Um, we won that. And then we got a couple seasons of our own show and that was really the launch of it. Um, but that's, you know, the way Faye and I describe it is that getting the show on TV was the starting line not the finish line as far as establishing this brand, because honestly it didn't do jack shit for us. Oops. Right. Yeah, which is like the opposite <laughs> of what everyone else kind of thought about when they were a contestants on this show. It's like, that's the end all be all, man. This is great. We're going to move. If we win this thing, we're moving our families across country. We're going to set up shop in Hollywood. We're going to be big time. Uh -huh. Mark, Mark, tells the, <laughs> Mark tells the best story ever. You know, after we, we won the show, it was pre-recorded obviously. And we are launching our new show, the grill dads, the night of the finale of Guy's Big Project. So we'd roll right from that, winning the show, right into our first episode of our show. And we're like sitting around, we're having some beers at my house. We're like, this is this is it, man. This is going to be huge. We're going to become mm -hmm. social media dominators across the world, right? I think we mm -hmm. woke up. How many did we have the next day, Mark? Uh, we, were, we got 11 new followers on Instagram and we lost <laughs> three on Facebook. <laughs> so we were like, Literally, rubber hits the road, record scratch. We're like, wait, 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 wait. So wait, you're telling me that being a reality star on cable is not what we think it is, right? Yeah. Right. Is this an example of you guys being idiots? Yeah. I would give them a break at that point. I would yeah. say they were just new to the reality it, show world. But, yeah. but all joking aside we were the least optimistic about what could happen coming out of the show. Yeah. Like fate, what face it is true. There was a guy who thank God it didn't go through, but he lived in New York. He was selling his house 
because he was convinced that he was going to be so busy and have so much money. He was going to have to be in L.A. to do all of the oh, new shit. Hollywood stuff he had to do. By the way, not even if he won just from being on the show. And wow. I was like, um, have you read the contract? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, you guys had lawyers look at that contract? We're like, well, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? What did it cost? I'm like, oh, my God, you guys. But look, the point is, I think we're not spring chickens. We've been in marketing and advertising our entire careers. We understand IP development. We understand how to make a brand. We've made brands for everybody else. So it was time to make one for us. And the reality is, and this is what we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, but their cookbook is a reflection of that. There's no good representation for the modern dad. Name me one person that's big in media that you can say that. I want to emulate that. That's a great example of the modern dad. Wow. Me. Me. Kids, they, huh? You said name one. I said me. Other than you. We're the the same. But (laughs) who name me other guys that are active with their kids' lives. They're on the PTA. They're in the in the entertainment world. You know, they're they expose their kind of practices, their vulnerabilities, their failures, the successes, all that. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at this as something that we can actually contribute to because we're I'm a Midwest guy. I'm from Ohio. So like the middle of the country is I can relate to all of that. I also live in a big city. One of the, I live in the fifth largest economy in the world, in Los Angeles, right? In California. And, you know, Mark's been all over the place internationally, et cetera. So we're trying to, I think, bridge the gap between uh, what it means to be a modern dad and how you function in a family unit today. You know, I, I was, that. I, w- I think that's great. I was trying to think back when I first started the Cowboy Cook brand 20 odd years ago. And it was really important to me. I had traveled in my other work. I had traveled just, I would be gone 30 weeks a year, easy. Okay. Just boom, boom, boom. And our daughter was um, small and I wanted to be there when she, she grew up. So I built a radio studio production studio at the ranch. I did all the, the right stuff. I was taking her to school every day and this and that. Not to not to compete with your image of a modern dad or anything like that. But what I found is the more time I dedicated to that, the more behind I fell with the people in L.A. and New York and stuff. They didn't give a crap about that. They, you know, and so that was that was kind of a dichotomy for me, I think, back then. Um, never, never got my own show like you guys did. But the point is, is uh, I think you did the right thing. You know, doing that, uh, I I will stick up for you on the whole time because you know family's a <clears throat> family's a really big deal. Also, I wanted to say you made a point there, Faye. Um, I did one reality show and then said I would never do it again. I've been invited to quite a few to you know audition or whatever. I won't do it because uh, I don't know if I just got there with a bad attitude. <laughs> You know, that's very possible. But by the time I flew home a few days later, I was like, never again will I do that. You know, it's it's interesting. I think Mark and I contests are one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Being a contestant in something is one thing. And, you know, I think Mark and I both we made a pact before we went on Guys Big Project. We weren't going to deviate from who we were. We weren't going to try and act. We're not going to be anything we're not. I mean, right. Mark downloaded a fart app the very first day we were on set and had a, knew he had a hot mic on, went to the honey bucket and put the phone up and had the entire production crew rolling. They were all listening. <laughs> That's what we were conscious of it. We knew what we were going into and we our jobs. Mark said this all the time. 
Our jobs are to make everyone have a great day and have fun. Look, we're a comedy team. We're best friends. Mark plays the asshole. I'm the nice guy, you know? So like, <laughs> that's, yeah, it. that's definitely what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. uh, Accurate think- color in your color commentary, which is sometimes, sometimes accurate. Uh, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with uh, Faye and Mark, the Grill Dads, right after this. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Uh, I'm JT along with, uh, what's your name? Oh, yeah, Leanne Whippin. Yeah. She's there with me. And we've got uh, Faye and Mark from the Grill Dads here. If you want to reach out to us, in fact, uh, Leanne covered for me this morning. Somebody reached out to us with a question and and she responded. Very good. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Um, just go to JT.com and send us an email from there. And then I want to tell you something real quick about our friend Smoky Bones down in Florida. They've got about 63 restaurants now, storefronts up and down the East Coast. Limited time this summer, Rib Fest. That's right. We all love that. Uh, under 20 bucks by a penny. 1999 Rib Fest. Uh, you get a rack of ribs, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink. You got to eat it in the restaurant, though. So Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Uh, if you're in one of those locations, go find them and enjoy their summer uh, Rib Fest. Now, that's amazing. Nineteen ninety nine. I just paid almost thirty dollars for a rack of St. Louis the other day. Yeah. I mean, that's without dry rub, any charcoal, whatever, whatever. So twenty dollars. That's like the deal of the century. And then you get sides and everything and you don't have to clean up. Wow. Right. You just wipe your mouth and leave and leave or leave and then wipe your mouth. It's up Mm -hmm. to you. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't care. So um, talk a little bit more about the the reality shows. Uh, Leanne's done them too, contests and all that. Like I said in the first segment, I didn't make the production team happy, okay? <laughs> because the first thing we did is we got in there and they wouldn't let me. You had to submit recipes. I don't know how you guys did it, but you had to submit like three or four recipes that you were prepared to cook on the show. <clears throat> they wouldn't let me do my first one, which I know was a home run because I've done it many times, All right, Wouldn't let me do that. Then they said, you can do this one. But then they told the judges that it was a breakfast meal mm. out of the clear blue. This was not a breakfast meal. You know, you don't serve a breakfast meal with coleslaw and some other stuff like that. You know what I mean? So and then we got done with the competition. I walked up one of the producers. She was she was pretty inexperienced, but she's you know, they shove the mic in your face and say, what would it mean if you won this and all that? And I looked at her. I said, you want me to tell you the truth? And the <laughs> audio guy is back there going, no, 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 don't talk. <laughs> so <clears throat> that was kind of uh, in a clamshell, my experience. Once you won, uh, and even though your debut of your show didn't, you know, come out with a million new followers and that kind of thing, what was your next step in that process? Where did, did you just keep what? going? Well, we said, <laughs> Wasn't it a digital show? No, no, it, no, was, it was prime time, prime cable wow. show on Food Network. Time, no. Yeah, so you know, we actually premiered number one for all cable. So we good. cable, we crushed it. It was social media, we didn't get it because obviously people that are watching cable are are <laughs> much older. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, we won our time slot, which was awesome. I mean, you know, it's, we realized very quickly, and by the way, for us going into the show, as far as like what we were going to get out of Food Network, to right. Faye's point, we went into this eyes wide open. We read the contract, our attorneys looked at the contract. And we kind of looked at this whole thing as like a one year deal for an athlete, right? Where it's super risky because they could get hurt and never get paid again. Or they can go in and take a shit deal for one year and then have the best year of their life and get a huge deal. And so for us, we're like, we're going to go in, swing for the fences. If the show blows up, then we can obviously, um, we can obviously like renegotiate and, and get a better deal for ourselves. So we, we knew the challenges there. And, you know, we kind of look at the food network as uh, not having a middle class, you know, there's the big ones, you know, there's the Bobby and the guy um, and, you know, the, uh, a handful, everybody else is almost on food stamps. You know, it, it's really kind of crazy. And <laughs> for us, you know, we're like, we instantly being brand guys, we're like, let's go get brand deals. So we went out and got a couple brand deals from reputable brands, I think for no money, but maybe even like free product. That's, yeah. typical. But, That's about right. But then we yeah. went from there to a low paid. We went from there to a slightly less lower paid. And we started developing all of this credibility. Um, and what we found is we did that. We built our social media following. And then we had offline credibility with an online audience. And a lot of these influencers out there, you put them on a microphone or put them in front of a camera and it's a train wreck. They can oh, yeah. shoot a pretty rack of ribs and they can make, they can edit a video really well, but they're, but they're not camera ready and they can't represent a brand visually um, and in content. And we had that skill. So we worked really hard to merge those two together. Um, and then, you know, we got our own spice line out. Um, now, you know, we have a book that's a bestseller and we're just scraping and clawing our way one at a time. Like let's do, this would be the next best thing for us. Now, looking back over the last three years, we're like, holy crap, we're, you know, we would have, if we told ourselves three years ago, we'd be where we are now. We would have, we would have not believed it, you know, and there's people that have won next food network star have won other shows. They call us up and they're like, Hey, uh, how'd you guys get that deal with this company? And we're like, we called them. Hey, how'd you guys get a spice line? We created the spices and we called every spice company in town until we found one that was a good fit. And then we worked to get it out. So we don't, we don't sit around and wait for agents and managers That's what I was gonna say. to we have, we have agents, get opportunities right? for us. We go out and proactively get them. This would be good for us. Get out of our way. We're going to go get it. Um, and that's the number one thing I think that differentiates us with some other folks in this world that, that think winning a reality show is the finish line. Um, is we're just, we're too dumb to take no for an answer. And we just won't stop until, until we get the thing that we have our sights on, which we think is good for our brand. Well, and you guys can recognize this, like you can't fake 25 years of knowing each other. So yeah. Mark and I are, have been best friends for 25 years. So there's no, there's not a lot of levity in food in general. There's not a lot of comedy in food. Mm -hmm. You put a buddy comedy team together. That's actually been a buddy team for right. 25 years and then it, you don't act anymore it just is what it is i think you know i honestly i think they the world needs levity right now it that we need to laugh a little bit the world is incredibly complex and scary place for a lot of people all the time and you know from the pandemic on but like we're also not one trick ponies we're diversifying our own brand portfolio which is very different from a lot of influencers that are dependent on a single medium 
Right. That's the scariest thing to us. You build true value in a brand, it transcends media. Mm -hmm. So that's actually what we're concentrating on. And then the enterprise value of the brand itself increases and increases and increases. So just like Mark's guitar, we're going to appreciate, hopefully. I, th- I think you will. And I was so glad to to hear Mark and, and you face say make those comments about I, I've I've got a problem with influencers. Um, not not that I don't. They're, they're nice people. I've had some of them on the show over the year, but I just kind of have a problem. And a lot of it stems from what Mark said. We're going to take a break on Barbecue Nation. Leanne and I and the Grill and Dads will be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippin. Today we've got, uh, you just want me to call you Faye? Yeah, you know, my last name's shorter than my first, so everyone just calls me Faye. Okay, hey, Faye like and that. Mark Anderson, The Grill Dads. Their new book, which we're going to talk about a little bit now, The Best Grilling Cookbook written by two idiots. And we'd also like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, of course, from my neck of the woods and now Mark's neck of the woods up there, the Pacific Northwest beef, a beef product you can feel good about. Um, Check them out online. They'll tell you if you can, if you have a store in your area. Um, Anyway, the cookbook guys, I like the cover photo. I like that because Mark, you look so serious on there. (laughs) And now I know that's an absolute sham. (laughs) <laughs> you're not that serious <laughs> that's what i love about the book is it's it's got a bunch of comedy stuff in it i mean yeah. it's 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 i mean i was laughing when i was reading the things i i like this one in particular petite tender and then you say the steak named after us <laughs> <laughs> which obviously is was... a blatant lie <laughs> but it, it it's 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 a great read not only for the content of the, the recipes which are fabulous but yeah it's it's very humorous and yeah and <laughs> i really enjoyed it for sure what am i funny we're looking for a publisher. I mean, cookbook deals come fairly early on in your career and it takes um, a little bit of um, uh, maturity and reserve to like really look at the opportunity and see if it's the right time to do it. So we skipped it for years. Um, There's, you know, again, financially speaking, a cookbook is great for your brand, but um, you know, we, we read the 20 page contract and Faye and I looked at each other and we're like, well, you don't do a book for the money. No. Um, but you know, when we talked to this publisher who was really, you know, sort of connecting and vibing with us creatively, he said, you know, what is your guys' culinary point of view? And we're like, we're not chefs. We didn't go to culinary school. We like to make elevated food accessible and fun for new people. And if you, we want people to watch our video, uh, our content 
or read a recipe in the book and say, if these two idiots can do it, I can do it. And as soon as we said that, the publisher's like, I got it. It's the best grilling cookbook ever written by two idiots. We're like, all right, where's the contract? You're, you're our guy. Um, you know, we <laughs> said from the, the beginning, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, th- there was an F-bomb in the title originally, but Target wasn't too into that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we basically, our internal goal was to do something differently. And again, it's not like, not a dig on other people, but there's 500 like barbecue cookbooks, right? And this person's like, oh, well, I wrap my brisket at 170 and the other one wraps at 168. So this is an original recipe. I'm like, where's the shredder? You know, I, I just don't care about that stuff. And so what we said to ourselves and to the publisher is like, look, we're okay with having the biggest flop in the history of Page Street Publishing. And we're okay with having the most successful book in the history of Page Street Publishing but we are not going to safely disappear into the middle. We're going to swing for the fences. We're going to do weird stuff. You're going to feel uncomfortable. And um, the more uncomfortable you feel, the better, the better the chances are that it's going to be good. Um, and they push back sometimes, but for the most part, they, they let us do it. Yeah. Which we kept asking them, are you sure yeah. you're okay with us doing this? <laughs> like yeah, the I mean- reviews on the back of the book are <laughs> All negative reviews. <laughs> yeah. We're the first people to ever ask to put negative reviews on the back of the book. The one from Guy Fieri says, how'd you two get my new number? Yeah. Uh, the one from Rocco Despirito says, you guys told me that if I did your podcast, you'd leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Juan says, uh, who? <laughs> yep. Yep. So how did you, I read that. I read this story, but. Did Eva Longoria actually believe any of that stuff she wrote in there? Man. No, we have you wrote some, that. We have some photos of her. She doesn't want to get out. Okay. Um, and we were able to <laughs> her into doing that. She is, I don't know, honestly, like, I don't know what we did to get her support, um, but we worked together in the marketing and advertising world. Um, and she's just the sweetest human we've ever met. Yeah, we and, just we just vibed with her. Yeah. Like we were on set, and all we wanted to talk about, like she was directing some stuff that we were working on. That we we got her a directing job with us, and she's a pro. I mean, she's a boss, a pro, right? And we just wanted to talk about cooking the whole time. And she did her job and crushed it. But then any break she had, she goes, "Guys, okay, so the rubs, you know, we sent her the rubs and all this stuff." And she's just been, to Mark's point. The sweetest, nicest, most supportive person, and she loves our food, and she loves our spices, and she genuinely is a is a monster in the kitchen. And so we've just been vibing out because I think she's like doesn't know a lot of like guys like us. We're just regular guys that are just happen to be doing this. And you know, she she's a wonderful, exceptional person that has an incredible amount of stuff that she does for the world. So we're very lucky. Hey, we sent her a note and said, "Hey, would you be open to doing the forward of the book? We know it's a lot to ask." 90 seconds later, email comes back. Yes. Give me all the information. Wow. That's I awesome. was going to say, Faye, that I don't think a lot of people in the world know guys like you, no. you know, you know, well, I, nice. I, I do, but, and I know Leanne does cause she hangs out with me, but I'm just saying that <laughs> they, you do that. One of the, th- one thing that as I was going through the book that really caught me like that fast is when you said grill marks are for posers, you know, I mean, I, I just went, yes. And my, my <laughs> wife looked at me like, and you're reading a cookbook, you know? Is and that Playboy or a cookbook? What are you yeah. reading? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so good because, man, you just see so much of that. And it's like, 
why in the hell are you guys even making a big deal about this? Not you well, guys. If, but If you want grill Mark, Sizzler's open for business down the street. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, maybe swing in and, and grab a lunch buffet at uh, Ponderosa. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love I love that you keep bringing up Ponderosa, Mark. That's like you're literally East Coast dating yourself every time. It's you- like the it's like it was New York's Bob's big boy, basically. Yeah, okay. It was in Ohio too, man. We have banana. Uh, and Ponderosa. You you know what's funny? Like we we were very um very resolute about having a strong point of view uh from a culinary standpoint in the book, and we're like you know let's just make statements like that. Um, and the, the publisher was really excited about it and they pushed us to do more of it, yeah. you know, and from a food standpoint, it's like grill marks are for Instagram influencers. You know, it's like, it makes for a pretty cut of beef, but it's the wrong way to cook a steak because anywhere right. there's not a grill mark, there's no mired reaction and you're leaving flavor on the table. That's why if you go to a white glove steakhouse, they're going to do it underneath a 1400 degree broiler and you're going to have edge to edge sear. Why? Because that's the way you make it taste better. Um, And you give it that, you know, different texture between the inside and the outside of the steak. And it's like, you know, so why make pretty grill marks? That's why we never do like the steak cooking competition of America or whatever it is. Cause it's like, we would would get our asses kicked immediately. (laughs) Terribly. Yeah. Oh, Faye, you'd be in there as a blowtorch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, If you'll love this, Faye and I almost competed in a steak cooking competition as a joke. And we had these little tiny, you know, the flags that they put in, in yeah. steaks at like the sizzler. Yeah. We have little flags and the, on the flag, it says grill marks are for posers. Yeah. And like, <laughs> 30% of your judging is from, from yeah. the grill marks. So we were like, oh, we're going to do this. We were at an event and they asked us to participate. And then at the end, we ended up not even participating because it kind of felt like it didn't feel like funny. It felt like we were making fun of the people. So we kind of bowed out, but we had, the, we even, we had the props. We were going to turn it yeah. in. Um, J- so. JT, one, one thing is it, we can't reiterate enough. And I think this is for any listener that wants to, to kind of make a statement, do something to have your own POV, to actually have your own specific point of view and be yeah. resolute about it and don't right. deviate. You know, Mark and I, we have this conversation and you guys understand this. And it's, it's awesome because it's, you know, it's, this is barbecue, right? We don't make barbecue. That's a cuisine. Sorry, we make barbecue, but we are grilled ads. So therefore, mm-hmm. we make all types of food on grills because grilling is a tool, not a cuisine. Right. Barbecue, on the other hand, is a cuisine. Right. So you use a grill to make barbecue cuisine, but we have to educate people all the time. It's like, you know, I remember we rolled up to the Today Show, one of our earlier appearances. We've been on a dozen times. And before that, Carson came out. I said, what are you guys making for me today? And we said, we're going to make a grilled peach salad with burrata cheese and edible flowers. And he looked at us and said, what'd you say to me? He said, no, no, no. Where's the tomahawk ribeyes? Where's the big pieces of meat you idiots are going to throw? Where's the barbecue? And we were like, no, we're not barbecue dads, man. We're grilled dads. And we're very subtle. We're very fancy. You guys can't tell. I mean, just look at us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are. You are. But your food is elevated in the book, but simply elevated by, you know, the recipe instruction and the ingredients. Uh, One thing that was a head turner for me was the uh, bone in tomahawk pork chop parm. So uh, first off, bone bone in, you know, tomahawk pork chop, but then you turn it into Parmesan. Beautiful. I mean, and and there was another one that hit me was your chicken Popeye potato skins. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you definitely think outside of the box, but you aren't making it difficult. And uh, it's it's just a fabulous book. 
And thank you so much. And Leanne, one of the things that's really, you know, a big thing for us as well, not to keep knocking on Instagram. Um, Go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead. But there's, there's, there's something that for five years, Faye and I have referred to as Instagram food, meaning like uh, a whole milkshake with two slices of pie in it and three cookies or a hamburger with 20 patties. And it's like, it's stunt food, right? It looks cool. And it's kind of fun to think about. And it's kind of fun to see somebody make it, but you'd never eat it. And our whole thing is like, if we wouldn't cook it for our family, like legitimately cook it for our family, we don't want it to be in our book. We don't want it to be on our social media. So we needed to think outside the box and come up with some original things or original ways to do some classic things, but we didn't want to push it so far that it, 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 sailed away from like tangible things that people would actually make. And every single photograph in our cookbook, we ate. Well, we ate the food that was in the photograph. Yeah. We ate photographs, but right, yeah. right, right. I there I did eat the bone in pork chop photo Photograph. actual photograph. Did you? That was yeah. Yeah. for yeah. roughage. Okay. It was for, for roughage. roughage. Yeah. How do you how do you floss fiber. after you eat paper? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just carefully. Carefully. <laughs> One anyway, at a time, just like I do everything else. There you go. We're <laughs> going to take a break. We're going to come back and uh, with uh, Faye and Mark here from the Grilling Dads, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Barbecue Nation. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on, uh, what are we? Oh, yeah, the Barbecue Nation Radio Network and the USA Radio Network, some of our affiliates there. We've got Faye and Mark, the grilling dads here. I will say this, and and I have not read every cookbook in the world. Nobody has. But you guys are the only ones that I've ever seen do baba kanoosh on a grill. Okay, that's it. I'm just saying that. I, I You're think my baba kanoosh. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's great. I love it. but. Um, it's the first, I was going through it and I looked and I said, what in the, oh yeah. That is one of the tastiest but, recipes in that it, cookbook. But here's the thing. A grill is, is not uh, like a boutique cooking device. It's a heat right. source, right. right? So like if you can cook buttermilk biscuits in your oven, why not cook them in your grill? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the things that we wanted to do as well is like take things that you don't immediately think of cooking outside and show people, well, oh, you know what? I can cook this outside. You know, you can cook anything outside almost everything on a grill yeah oh yeah and that's one of the things i really loved about it because i like i said i got to there and um you know you've got miso in there you've got other stuff you've got the roasted cauliflower i've seen other people try to try to do that but they they don't usually use the whole head they you know they mm-hmm. get the florets out there and they're doing that mm-hmm. stuff and, and whatever. But that's what Throwback, I think yeah. one of the things that impressed me because I'll, I'll refer to this. This is a barbecue show, but really it's a cooking, you know, overall cooking show. We, we focus on barbecue, but barbecue can get very redundant. Leanne and I have had a lot of conversations <laughs> about this. It mm-hmm. gets very, very redundant there. You know, how many ways can you cook St. Louis? Okay, how many ways? You know, there's not 500 ways 
to actually cook them. And like you were saying, Mark, well, I, I do this and I wrap at 168. No, I wrap at 172. I do this, I do that, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of them and I, and I get a lot of them, Charlotte back there, make sure I get a lot of the, a lot of the page street books, (laughs) but uh, quite a few of them and not just page street, but from all kinds of publishers and writers, you could take 10 of them and lay them on the table and look at them and you won't find, 1% 1% difference variance in their, yep. in their style you, or you, recipes. You would if you laid ours next to it. Well, yours would be on another table smoking, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, yeah. and by the way, it's like, just because you cook your brisket fat cap down doesn't mean, mean a whole new book needs to come out about brisket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just really impressed with it. That's the only thing I can say. Well, so where do, where do you go from here, guys? Besides Down. to the bar at, you know, <laughs> as soon as this interview is over, but where do you go from here? You know, we've been, like I said, kind of the, the beginning of the clip, Mark and I are very much wanting to empower the family unit and modern dads to experiment, use our stuff to, you know, try it, but then make it your own and go experiment, try other things. You know, it was never meant to be just, this is the end all be all it's just a jumping point. You know, I think as we move through our trajectory, you know, we are focused on being a lifestyle brand that can work in college football and tailgating and recreation and family gatherings, backyard warriors. You know, we we're we have a large female demographic. We love that. You know, it's we're we like to be the neighbors, cousins, uh, you know, uncles, friends, you know, guys that you can trust. It's hard to hate on good dads if you're a good dad then you can have a different conversation. So right. we're the opposite of the deadbeat dad, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we want to empower our family unit to be collectively living and breathing and loving and having fun. And I think that's a big piece of it is to get back to this traditional yet modern idea of the family. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're both divorced. So Mark's remarried and has an awesome wife that that we're all really great friends. You know, I'm, I'm a divorced guy, but an amazing girlfriend, but, and we have kids. So we're living in a different era, you know, yeah. in modern era. And we're embracing that. We're not shunning it. We're we're using social, but we're teaching along the way. So know? how are you doing that now that you live in different parts of the country? Uh, how do you bring it together? So I love you asked that question. So we were, this is about a year and a half ago, Mark, maybe roughly two years ago. We were so sick and tired of our stuff. We hated it. We were just like, it's just the same so, Yeah, thing. our social and content. Social content. Stand and stir this new recipe, like whatever. It's two dudes that look like us. Stuck <coughs> on the There's a bazillion. And it wasn't even two right? dudes. It was just the food. Yeah, it was just the food. We weren't even showing us. And then I think we, we decided that we needed to have, again, coming back to a specific point of view. Well, Mark and I, there's two of us. So we decided to do this thing called cooking together apart <laughs> where Mark's got a studio in Boise. I've got my studio back here in West Hollywood and I'll toss him an onion through the frame and he'll yeah, catch right. it in Boise. I love that. So just that subtle twist gave us something that we owned. We started that. Like we've seen copycats now since we've done that, where people are passing these ingredients back and forth and making comments. You know, it's funny. I always look to my left, even when I'm down here cooking by myself and Mark's not there, but on my screen, he's there. We're talking. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that was something unique that I think we, the brief was, what can we do that no one else can do? So you said your ratings were really high on that first show that you did. Why didn't they do a second series? They did. We, well, they did, but the, so um, they took a focus group oh, and um, someone's it allowed the focus group to weigh in, even though our show did 
you know, they said, if you hit this number, it's a grand slam and we beat it. And then they're like, okay, well, let's get some, you know, let's get some feedback. And uh, the, they ended up changing the name of the show and then they changed the time slot. And, you know, they, they called us up on the first day that our show premiered of the first season. They're like, Hey, just want to give you guys a heads up. The marketing budget for your show is $0. And we're like $0. Like that's a funny way to say not very much or actual zero. And the guy's like actual zero. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we did that for a couple seasons. And then after the second season, they were like, guys, you did everything we asked, everything improved. This is great. How about we switch to a barbecue show or how about we switch to this? And we're like, how about we do the same freaking thing more than once in a row so we can get some traction here since you guys don't advertise mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't accept that, um, you know, we call it food network purgatory where it's like your whole life is judging on shows. It's like, you're judging guys, grocery games, which we do. And we love just cause we'll do anything with guy. Um, but you know, you go, you could just be judging all these different shows, doing all these specials and the, there's no value in it other than being able to say you're on TV. If you enjoy doing that, that's great. But our goal was to build a brand, not to be on TV. So sure. if we were on TV and it wasn't building the brand. We decided not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 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 they wanted us to compete on shows. It's like, Oh, the winners of guys, big project now are competing. We're like, no, we don't care about competing. Um, and so we didn't really want to play the game. Um, and, uh, so we just went to, we we're with one agency and they said, no, you need to play the game. We're like, great, you're fired. So we went to another agency. <laughs> um, and you know, we, we've been doing it our way ever since. And we've had some talks about doing other network stuff, but the goal for us is it either needs to be incredibly creatively rewarding, has to be a great marketing platform, or we need to make enough money. Uh, for it to be worth our time. Um, and it's once you have clarity on that's the goal, uh, it's really easy to say no to stuff. Cool. Fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Guys, thank you. We'll be thank back. Thank you. You guys we'll are the be best. Back. We'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.